BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode is brought to you by Dragon Shield. Check out our affiliate link down below to help support the show. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. I'm Tyler. And this week, we're all together because we have a couple of questions that need to be answered that were given to us by our Discord. We love our Discord. We're doing a Q&A. So this week, because some of us are on trips, well, by the time you're watching this video, we're just going to be doing a Q&A uh, and answering some of the questions that our Discord patrons have asked us. So we're just going to jump right in. And our first question is from Nuke. This is what's been the most enjoyable part of creating content and what's been the most challenging part of creating content. Ooh, and I can start with the most challenging is lack of time. Yes. But the most enjoyable is just having so many people see it. Like, I think that's like the best part. And like going to events and stuff like that, when we go to these like magic events and people like the content, that's, that's to me, that's the most enjoyable part. Yeah, definitely. The Seeing, community. Yeah, the community aspects, the appreciation the community has for what we're doing really is what keeps us going and what what keeps everything you know coming so and it seems like everyone who like knows knows our stuff is is super cool like we always sit down to have games with people and they are super fun to play with like just every time and time again it's everyone's awesome. great everyone's very positive and that kind of is that's the coolest part to say yeah but you're definitely right it's the 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 time thing the time thing is for sure the worst part because it, yeah, it takes it just takes so much time keith masterflex says why hasn't youtube recommended me a play to win video in over a year i might know the answer to this but the true answer is nobody really knows what my assumption is youtube doesn't recommend you every person you're subscribed to or recommends the people that you click on the most often and only like three or four of them so if you don't automatically go to us before you would automatically go to some other people they'll recommend those and not us i think so thanks for making it obvious <laughs> put your notifications on you can like ring a bell or something and maybe you'll get more notifications. that's how you see us yeah. pop up all the time all right big tp15 says if watsi asked you to create a mechanic what would your input be and how do you think it would change the format oh baby all right i know this one right off the bat mine would be some type of a mechanic that would make uh, each opponent discard a card something like a thought or something somehow um like a hand disruption in commander some mechanic to make that viable or good that's what i would do 
like a whole mechanic based around it. So it doesn't, like, yeah, it, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be a bunch of really broken cards, you know what I mean? But just like a yeah. mechanic that says when something for a very low amount of mana happens, each opponent discards a card that you get to choose from. I would want a suspend mechanic that starts from the graveyard instead of in exile, where you put something directly into the graveyard and then you are able to interact with it with graveyard spells and then it comes Ooh. to the battlefield if you achieve whatever conditions apart from reanimating it unfairly or something like That's that. Cool. I think that seems fun. That would yeah. be pretty cool. So some type of like dredge thing, but not dredge, like a, a different type of... Yeah, not dredge. Like, like you know, put this from your hand into your graveyard where you can reanimate it, you know, without, but, without discarding it, with the ability to say, I'm going to, in three turns, be able to just return this naturally okay. to the to the battlefield okay. okay yeah i've never really been into design the only time that i tried to design stuff was when i was trying to make my it's always sunny in philadelphia set right and i <laughs> yeah. the mechanic was drink so you would just like drink two and you had to take two shots or drink twice or something so cameron i didn't think there would be universes beyond products that i would have hated more than ones that have already come out but you, you're opening new bad. vistas for me yeah that wouldn't be bad yo no that whole set was gonna be so good <laughs> removal spells that are just quotes from the show oh, oh it's no. amazing okay what's All next right. whopper can do a kickflip says do you think there is a deck archetype that cedh would benefit from having that isn't currently in the meta i really wish there is a more more viable like smallpox commander archetype like like make your opponents discard um because i loved playing smallpox in modern and i don't think it's good enough anymore uh, dylan would love this too so that is an <laughs> archetype that i really i really wish we did kind of have as viable tiny bones was T sort of tiny close bones. but like it's yeah. just not good enough yeah i agree that'd be awesome scott h says what are the most misunderstood mtg rules that are important for cedh Holding priority for Thassa's Oracle and Demonic Consultation. Resetting priority. Cleanup set for Gitrog. A lot of other examples listed here. Trinosphere. Trinosphere. We got a bunch of comments on it last time. Uh, specifically layers, which is even a part of the rules that I don't fully grasp all the time. What I do know is that Trinosphere happens last. So That's not layers, though. Layers is a different thing, which is <laughs> also which is also really true. difficult and fucked up. Yeah. Layers, yeah. layers is when you're figuring out like what happens with a Blood Moon and a, a Dryad Arbor. Yeah. But... Uh, the Trinisphere thing is the whole calculating cost thing. Right. And you're right that Trinisphere is the last step, and it basically just gets its own step, where it says, after you have done every every other discount and, and every other thing that makes it cost more, actually in the reverse order, um, Trinisphere says, okay, at the end of all of that, does it cost three? As long as Trinisphere sees that you paid three mana, it does not care. It doesn't tax you further than that. See, so yeah, to me, that sounds like a layer. Like, it's another layer added is I, the Trinisphere layer. layer. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's not a magic layer. But <laughs> Here's another one that comes up lately with Tyam is there is um, one moment in that deck where it's very important that there's an action that you can take before state-based actions are checked. And this matters, I think, for Wall of Roots because it can have, like counters enough that it would die as a state-based action to having zero toughness but you still have an action that you can take in that space which i think is activating time or um, i think you can remove the counters before it, it dies to the state-based action oh. so knowing when state-based actions are checked does not come up a lot but when it does come up it's yeah. confusing as hell i was yeah state-based actions um the casting of spells which is trinosphere uh, and layers like like blood moon and when when blood moon applies and when it doesn't which it normally does end up applying but well, yeah, it always ends up applying. It's in what order is yeah. what, it comes, what it comes down to. Replacement effects? 
Uh, also, that's also can be a yeah. tricky one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's part of magic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I think that's good. Kixar says, "What card art do each of you enjoy the most, regardless of how good the card is itself?" Okay, let me think about this. Let What's me. Your favorite since it's Kixar, I gotta say that Silverman Library you did, dude, is pretty way <laughs> up there. But I think you mean like card art that's actually on the card. So, um, that's tough. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say. Um, Alpha Mountain, the one with the blue background. Yeah, that I think is my favorite art because I don't know why that mountain. I I think it's just awesome. It's very it's super simple. Love it. The other one I will say that I really really love is the um, Rebecca Guai Wood Elves. Ooh. I am really fond yeah, of that. That one is really good. good. Yeah, I don't appreciate magic art enough. <laughs> <laughs> like my answer to this is just Sun Titan because yeah. it's my favorite card. <laughs> yeah, and he just looks so fucking badass up there. I feel like if you looked as cool as possible, you would look exactly like Sun Titan. Like if me, like me personally, Cameron, if I looked as cool as possible, you would look like Sun Titan. I think he's oh got boy. like long blonde hair or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I, but I still have a lot of work to do before I'm Sun Titan level. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get much larger. Yeah. But at least now like, I have a goal. Huge. Like I can go to like a personal trainer and i can say this is what this i want to look, like. look like Sun-tiding. i can go to a salon and i can say this is what Did i want to look this. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow all right well my life changed as of today new vision new goals <laughs> new vision you new may goals. not like it but this is what peak recursion looks you're like you're gonna be sun titan and i'm gonna be grave titan you're gonna have like guys spilling out of your guts and shit <laughs> full of corpses <laughs> full of corpses <laughs> we're doing our favorite titans i thought yeah we are doing our favorite yeah, titans which, you'd be inferno titan i feel like i get well i don't know what the other two are so frost we'll titan be frost and sun titan, titan oh frost and, titan and prime titan evil titan yeah oh i would want to be prime time 100 yeah that's true true mm. yeah but you mm. have yeah okay fine yeah all right but you have to do prime what? Evil titan what? no is... please finish your no, you have to be yeah you have oh, to be okay. a beast then you have to be prime who's titan so the right. primeval titan is the beast titan yeah and now oh. who's the attack titan hmm. and who's the interesting who's the armor titan, on See, titan i want to be yeah. the armor titan because that's my favorite titan but i feel like i don't know who, I, I feel like maybe you could be the attack titan i could be the attack titan yeah I feel like I've, I don't have I don't I've never thrown a fucking punch in my life. Okay, maybe I would be the well, worst. Maybe you'd be titan. the cart titan then. I, I would be no. I'd be the beast titan. You would be not, the beast I'm titan. Not I thought Tyler in, was the beast titan. No, I'm not good in combat. But he's the primeval titan. So no, he's the beast titan. Com- that's a whole completely different conversation. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm Titania now, so we're, we're fine. Which... <laughs> we're talking about Attack on Titan now. This is an Attack on Titan <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, this is another question from Scott H. How has your perspective on CEDH changed since you became a content creator? Are there certain decks you prefer or dislike from your own personal preference or ones that make you or or uh, let's start with the first part. How has your perspective on CEDH changed since you became a content creator? I want to say uh, for at least for me, when I started playing CEDH was so close to when we started making CEDH content because I was pretty ev- uh, devoutly casual only before then that i cannot separate like the content creator perspectives from the learning cdh perspectives and i don't know how much that's true for the other guys but like it is just impossible to disentangle what is because of of content creation and what is because of learning cdh over that period of time it's definitely been the largest chunk of cdh for me i was only into cdh kind of like vicariously through others for like a year or so not even before we started making content so for me yeah cdh is just it is this is how i look at it it's just through the lens of content cdh is cdh no matter what lens i'm looking at it through and i don't really think there's anything that i mean i guess i i have the opportunity to play more decks because of the channel but that doesn't mean that I 
still don't lean to my favorites when I'm personally playing my own decks then. I would say you and I, and maybe me even a little more, we are not particularly tied to decks that often. I think probably because of content, because I play different decks almost every single week. So All the time. I really don't get super attached to specific decks. Um, whereas you are you yeah, get me very specific <laughs> attached to decks. So it, it was different, obviously. I bet also that because we always, we end up playing so often with other content creators or sort of having a lot of people sort of at hand that want to play CEDH, I imagine our experience is pretty different from people who are p pulling people into CEDH and kind of getting people who might be reluctantly on the border to like, come on, just try it out, you know? I mean, for me, if I was getting into CEDH, if I didn't create content, this is how in it I would be anyway. Um, I'd be in the know. I'd be following pe the same people on Twitter and everything so i don't really think i'd have that big of a different perspective if i wasn't in the content circle yeah Olazep Olazep says in your statistics episode winning through combat damage was a surprisingly large number do you think people should be trying more non-infinite based combat decks in cedh no please no <laughs> oh god i don't have to sit through all that all the time i don't think so but i do think you should have a firm plan c option that does involve you being able to exist in like a combat focused situation i think that was like a really wordy way to say it sh i don't think it should be most decks main focus but i think it's fine to have a couple cards that interact favorably just through combat I also think um, this came up when when they printed the was it the red green mana dork that like makes all your guys bigger? Um, Ragged Dragon. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's only a matter of time before another like very combat enabled deck um, gets printed. Like I I think this is relatively inevitable. So you know it's probably worth planning and expecting that to to continue to be part of the meta until it suddenly is like a very good deck. Um, the same way sort of Winota made made combat feel more imminent. I think uh, I think there's not going to be as many of those. Like I think we'll continue to see more combo enabling commanders hit CEDH as opposed to combat ones. Because I don't, I can't imagine how much higher the ceiling is going to be than Winota. We're probably going to see a lot more stuff that's kind of in between Winota and Ragadraga is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, and I also think that no matter how, like the combat thing, yes, absolutely, but no matter how hard you push combat, it's hard to beat Thassa's Oracle Demonic Consultation in any fair way. Yeah. You'd have to have like a one-man of 40-40 that would have to be on comparison level power-wise. And that's not coming And anyway. that's not coming, you yeah. Know? And it would make casual miserable, and so it would, it would never work. Yeah, so yeah. The, uh, really, the only way in which this functions is if it preys on something that really only CEDH does. So you'd have to be talking about something that gets enormous based on the number of artifacts or number of spells played in the turn or something else that, yeah. that differentiates CDH. MTG Fox Mulder says, MTG and Watsi's decisions sometimes overwhelm and make me sad. How do you all handle these, these slumps when and if you ever do feel them? I don't work for Watsi, so... I don't, I don't give a shit what Watsi does. I'm just going to pick the stuff I like and ignore the stuff I don't like. That's kind of how I There's am, too. There's so like, much fucking stuff. I can just so easily not pay attention to shit I don't like. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say I'm going to turn a blind eye to absolutely everything that they do, but, like... If, I've been playing this game for 12 fucking years. Like, I've I've seen so much stuff that they do, and just like anything else, there's going to be good news days, and there's going to be bad news days. And all you have to do is just, again, like, focus on what you can handle. If you can't handle it, then don't focus on it. I think I feel very hopeful about it because the community and the CDH community in particular is um, 
really communicative and engaged with each other. And so if the same kind of thing goes down where Hasbro pressures Watsy to like make a ridiculous and completely unacceptable money grab like they did with the Dungeons and Dragons thing where they tried to like revoke the open gaming license and that sort of thing, I have a high degree of confidence that the community would push back effectively and in a unified way. So like it's hard to get upset about it because at least right now I kind of feel that as much as Hasbro Hasbro is trying to like like squeeze it all out, like they're just not going to succeed because the player base is strong enough to push back. The other thing that I always will keep in mind too is that I know that Watsy is a company and not one person with like feelings and empathy and right. shit like that. So I'm prepared for them to not do the right thing many times over. <laughs> yeah. So when my when you set your expectations very low, it's really hard to be disappointed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Scott H has another question. Can we get a Nate episode discussing how to do mulligans? Okay, so Nate really isn't that bad at turn one plays. It was like a bit of a meme that we tend to point out when he's particularly bad. But no, we're not going to have a whole podcast. No, that'd be funny, though. That'd be funny. (laughs) Divine says, if you could have any character from any IP be printed as a commander and be viable in CEDH, who are you picking? Guts. Oh yeah, we're all we're all just gonna pick our favorite anime yeah. character. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I have to find this guy's name right now before I fuck it up. Fuck it up. Um, you don't know his name? No, because it's a Chinese name that's difficult to pronounce. What's the detective character? In- Who'd you? Pick? Oh, Inspector Gadget. Is it Inspector Gadget? It's Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. What would be the worst? What would be the one that you say no? I have to. I'm out now. I can't. Oh, I, the second the second that it's like serial mascots. Like once oh. we get to like a Toucan Sam and like a. Yeah, like a like that a, feels close. <laughs> like, it kind of does. Like we've we've already had like products with like love sacks. I think American Presidents was where I would back out. That's where my line is. Yo, if they did yo, like George dude, Washington, I that really- set would be lit, <laughs> God, dude. No. Like. Nixon like goes into like your opponent's library and shit. I looked down at my phone for one second. And American president is where I would go. Oh, the, line. Dude, the worst secret layers. No, I want like commander decks based around them. Like oh, the no. like the founding fathers would be one precon commander deck, and you could switch it between like Jefferson, Washington, and Adams, and like they have partner. Having said nothing, I'll say Kaladin from the Mistborn series. Omuni says, which commanders do you wish were CEDH playable that just barely don't make the cut? Zyrus, the, the, the Storm. I love that casual deck, and it, it is awful close. Toxic Cat says, when is Canlander coming back? Oh, um, when it question. pops up on my Twitter feed enough, I guess. So what, are we going to have a Dan Dan episode at some point? I feel like the boat already went over a little bit, but maybe Did you see the, the Scrybaby shirt, the Dan Dan Revolution? Yeah, I yeah, love that cool. shirt. That is a great piece. <laughs> well, the new one is Benny's that I'm seeing a What's lot of Benny's? my feed. It's What's when that? you buy a $100 deck at an event just out of whatever people have. You have $100 to make a 60-card four-of um, oh, okay. deck, so yeah. you buy four soul rings and then whatever else you you want to put in there. Oh, interesting. Mortem says, do you feel that as longtime modern players, you both have a stronger grasp of threat assessment in CEDH? I got an answer for this. I feel as a longtime modern players, I have a I have a weaker grasp of threat assessment. Really? Well, yeah, because I'm so used to there only being one person who's threatening me. So sometimes you see the first thing that's threatening and you go, Well, that's gonna kill me. I'm gonna deal with that. <laughs> and then CEDH, like that kind of mentality is gonna set you so much farther behind. Yeah. I think I would agree that threat assessment isn't the skill that I take from 60 card formats. There are skills that I take from 60 card formats, like feelings, like, like stuff like tempo, but uh, I don't think that I particularly take threat assessment from modern format, no. Adobe says if you could ban or unban any EDH cards, what would they be and why? I would not. I wouldn't either. I would keep the format the same. Mm. Would you ask them? 
Nope. Play to Win's official stance is no, no bannings. Nope. I, I would unban Shahrazad. Oh, okay. No, that's fair. <laughs> Play to Win's official stance is no bannings, but unban Shahrazad. I would love to unban Balance. Balance would be a card that I would love to oh, play with. Yeah. That would be so much All fun. All right, you're not allowed to ban white cards. Yeah. I'm not. I'm unbanning. I'm unbanning balance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're unbanning balance. And all the other white cards on the ban list we're going to take off. Oh, okay. Shahrazad, balance. <laughs> okay. Are there any other white cards? Yeah, there's one. Um, it's a lands thing. Like, your opponents can't play lands if more than five lands exist in the Limited battle. resources. That card is banned. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. bring LSV or Marshall to a commander <laughs> pod because they're banned. That was a funny joke, Cameron. Very good. Sandman says, is Tyler still single? Why are we doing this? <laughs> I like how it was, is Tyler still single? <laughs> like it's a wow, dig great. at you at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, let's just, <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot, Quaja. Right. Divine says, if you could have any partner gain, partner with Prismatic Piper, who would you pick? It's just basically the same thing as adding another color to another to a deck, except you lose out on a card. If you could, oh, what? Yeah, I wouldn't. Say that one more time? I would not. Adding another color to a deck, but you lose out on a card because now you have to play a shitty partner instead of a 99th card in your deck but what was the question if you could add it to any if you could have any commander gain partner with prismatic piper well i will answer i would 100 percent put red and kinnon that would feel amazing oh yeah if you could play dockside and kinnon <laughs> that would be fucking awesome fucking yeah, that, that, that would be, be great but yeah, that'd we be can't awesome. so we're gonna move on uh the gentleman uh which of your casual decks would you most want to push into cedh and why what about the other way around? This is a question you answered, Cyrus. But you, know, you got to answer. I don't want that push. I, I think <laughs> from our casual podcast, it's pretty clear that I want to keep them separate. Yeah. So I, I don't really want any of them to be better to the point where they become CEDH playable. I want that separation. Are there any CEDH decks that are doing something you really wish you could reasonably be reasonably doing casual? The other half of that? I did for a while want to build like a casual Gitrog deck and just be like, oh, Evolving Wilds is bad. I can just play like cards like that. <laughs> but it, that it does seem really fun. It easily, I feel like, just gets absolutely broken and busted. Still, so, yeah. yeah. Kenan, obviously. Yeah, there you go. You could play that casually. Yeah, I think you could. Don't play any beta sources. <laughs> <laughs> Lands only. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sam Man has another question. What color combination or strategies do you like or dislike playing against or being on? I do not dislike playing against any type of magic. If I'm playing against some a magic deck, I'm having a great time. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I'm I am mostly on that. Um if we're you didn't say CEDH only though, so I will say that I find it frustrating to play against um land destruction decks. I that is the one of the few things that can just tilt me out like Tron. Can I say Tron? I'm going to start playing strip mine in my CDH decks to tilt Tyler <laughs> hopefully get some percentage. I don't points. think it would work in CEDH. <laughs> I'm thinking okay. like when when like modern like the Stone Rain deck that thing like uh, that was deeply unfun. If you played in modern right now, there's a deck called Scam. I think you would hate it. It's not necessarily land disruption, but they shred apart your hand very, very quickly. I don't mind being thought seized. Oh, I you told you Smallpox was okay. like my so favorite thing. So you want to play? Do you, you like being thought seized three times yeah. over the course of <laughs> the one first and a half turns? <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably not, but yeah. like <laughs> that one's not as bad. So specifically, I'll, I'll find out when I put Amulet Titan together and get just absolutely fucking wrecked. Zeno says, "Out of the four of you, who do you think is the best and worst at certain aspects at the table, like brewing, mulligans, threat assessment, politicking, rules knowledge, um, or pronunciation?" I don't. What do you? I don't know. What do you think? I feel like Tyler is probably the best at. 
um, like long form thought. Like you're a chess player, you know how to play like games, long like you, strategy, long yeah. strategy. I, I like you, you can create and hold on and pivot on strategies very quickly in the long game. I think my greatest skill is just like maybe knowledge of the format. Like I know how a lot of the things work, maybe not perfectly, but like I have an idea of like what's the threatening thing. So I think threat assessment I'm decent at too. But I also just like forget onboard shit a lot of the time. And I feel like you are also very good at like tempo. Like you are very good at like knowing when Cameron, you are good at like knowing when to go for a win, knowing when to say, instead of doing this, I'm going to try to do this to throw you off balance or something like that. Like you have a pretty good grasp yeah, of tempo. That would, that would be that. my oh. first reaction. I'm really glad you guys had an answer for that because I didn't, I didn't have any answers. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm curious what you think about this, but, um, cause this was one of the parts of it. I, I think we're all at a very similar level cause we've all been playing for so long, but yeah. I, I think I might be a little better on technical rules knowledge. I feel like I just yeah. retain that stuff for yeah. some reason. Specific things. Yeah. I, I you agree. got a good yeah. like computer brain and like all, anything rules related like that. Yeah, my boss is going to be really relieved to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. Best memory, Tyler. You definitely have that as well. For sure. Politicking. So it, I would, I would, if we did this podcast two years ago, I would say Tyler. Yeah. But now our new approach is if Tyler's saying anything to you, you shut him up and you do the opposite of what Tyler's <laughs> saying Whatever to Tyler you. Whatever Tyler says to do, don't do that. So I have a theory that politicking is never a good move. You should never try to politic because if you show what you want, everyone knows what you don't want. And you should also never listen to politics because why would you tell listen to what your opponent wants you to do? That doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't do that. So I basically never politic, or at least I try to never politic. Um, but sometimes you kind of have to like have a conversation with people. I just wish that you you weren't allowed to in CDH. Yeah, I, I feel that. But I mean, you definitely lose more games if you don't tell your opponents what you're seeing and what you perceive as yeah, the threat. That's that's, that's the issue is you lose. Yeah. To me, that's not necessarily politicking. Like poli this is the thing, it's a fine line. Like, there yeah. is because to me, like politicking is like when you are. Hmm. I guess it is a fine line because to me, like you're actively trying to sway someone to your side, Anytime, almost yeah. like a debate. If you're trying to like educate someone on like, no, 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 this is why this is this scenario. And you have like real reasons to back it up as opposed to, well, I feel right. statements. Then yeah, I think th that's that's the sort of thing is definitely something. Can I also say, I'm curious uh, sincerely about your opinion on this. If if I try to like say something about like, oh, I don't think I'm doing well or something, this is the kind of comment where you're like, oh, he's done playing his shit. Tyler is, is full of shit and he's about to try I and I did win. say that last time because right. you had Timna and I was right. like, don't, no one fall for this. <laughs> no, here's my question. Yeah. Is that in, in, in itself politicking? Because you're saying, oh, this is now bullshit. Because he said that, I am now going to say he's definitely going to win. Like what I'm doing is when you That is also politicking. I, I yeah. think so. Yeah. So my, definitely. my definition of politicking is anything that you say that's not a game action as if your intent is to win the game, anything that you say is politicking. Anything that you say that's trying to let your opponents feel yeah. a certain type of way, to me, that's a form of politicking. Good luck, have fun. Is Good politicking. luck, have fun. Yeah. Don't <laughs> fucking do it. Yeah. After the game begins. Anytime. Shut the fuck yeah. Up. I mean, and obviously this is not true. Sometimes sometimes people don't think this. They're just speaking because that's what they're speaking. Yeah. But to me, if you are saying anything that's not a game action, I'm taking that as like another layer of information. And for me, that that is under the umbrella of politicking, I think. But yes, if when when I say no one listen to Tyler, I think that is a version of politicking, which I don't love to do, but I will respond politic. You know yeah, what I mean? I wasn't, like, I wasn't coming at you no, for yeah, it. No, yeah, I understand. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when Tyler has Tim, he's like, I only have two cards in hand and it's turn one, but I have four mana and a Tim now. I say, no one listen to him. <laughs> yeah, totally that's still good. That's, he's tricking you. That's too really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Slayer8896 says, what is the most memorable play you have done to win the game? 
or to lose when it didn't work out? I don't. So this is probably a CDH question. I have one specific memory in my head when I played standard a long time ago where I won on a mulligan to three. That win is still very locked in my brain forever. As far as like CDH specific wins, I don't know if I retain like a specific yeah. like my favorite win. I I'm in know. the same boat because when I immediately go to my favorite win, I think of a cube, a oh, vintage really? cube yeah. game that I did. <laughs> yeah, but um, but. No, I don't think of like yeah. a CEDH game immediately. I don't remember my opponents, but there was one like er, pretty early on when when I had first built Kinnan, it was still on Stroke of Genius as an infinite mana like outlet to kind of draw your deck. Yeah, but it could also instant speeds kill opponents, and I I have one distinct memory of how there was a a Thorical win on the stack, and everyone had given up on the counter magic against it. So let consultation resolve, and then with the um, Thorical win on the stack, I forced them to draw their entire deck and, and that's awesome you know yeah cancel the victory <laughs> that, that way and then won one. the game yeah that's a great one Oa Zep says do you like the universes beyond products or does it feel not like magic and take you out of the game rather than into it what is what is even out of the game i'm not in the game <laughs> i didn't like blue skidoo weekend two like our way into the cards and now i'm like <laughs> my emotion. Why do you take that one very literally for some reason? What? That question. <laughs> I don't know. Well, like that's preposterous. I can never be inside. I can't cards. be inside it. Overall, I don't care. I think it's kind of nice. Magic has certainly changed quite a bit since it happened. It kind of changes everything about Magic. But I think it's nice. I mean, Magic is now the Super Smash Brothers of card games. It's just a conglomeration of all of our favorite entities. Super Smash Bros. is awesome. Magic is awesome. It's just different than what it was before. Honestly, I'm surprised they weren't doing this. 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah, I mean, they kind of were. I mean, like, Frankenstein was in the set, and there was, like, uh, things from, like, pop culture that were loosely tied they were to translated. Magic. Yeah, but, but they, they, they were, were translated. Like Magic's right. version of them, so they were yeah. different. But even in the beginning, in Alpha, there were quotes from real books as, like, flavor text and stuff, so, like, they... They technically did do it in the very first set. Well, and Universes sort of. Beyond technically started with Legends because the first Legends that were printed were D&D character sheets from Watsy employees. There you go. These are Universes Beyond. This right. was not yeah, part of the Magic the same, same thing. That's well, true. I, well, I guess Watsy is D&D, so... I know. Well, yeah, that one specifically is a little close. I want to say, I, I alluded to this in the set review, but I... I have to admit, after the Lord of the Rings set, which is Universes Beyond, like prior to then, I had been like, I hate Universes Beyond products. I can't stand that they're doing this. If this joy that I'm feeling now from this from this Lord of the Rings set is <laughs> yeah. what people have been feeling from their IPs that they love that have made their way into magic, I'm sorry I begrudged you that. This is fucking great. Yeah, it is fucking awesome. The Lord of the Rings set, I think it, they knocked it out of the park. I love the set. I think it's such a cool set. I mean, Lord of the Rings is like the the best way that this one's ever going to work out because the world is so deep. They have so many characters that are so easily relatable. There are definitely potential IPs, and I think that's everyone's big issue with Universes Beyond is just like their own fears and anxiety of what could be, right? Like that's yeah, the biggest the issue. What's like, the floor? What if mm -hmm. they do do Tony the Tiger? That would be really, you know, horrifying. Like that's the worst thing about Universes Beyond. Um, but overall, I, I like it. But like they already did Fortnite and Magic's not dead. Yeah, and so... they, they did Fortnite and My Little Pony. For me, I don't know if there's like, like there's, I don't know if there's things that I care less about than well, that they did shit. My Little Pony like years long, ago, long too. Ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was before year. Yeah, it was before Universe. Yeah. yeah, but still, same thing. Smacks of the uh, depends. Depends adult diaper. Uh, year of the depends adult diaper. I think what is it was. that? It's a it's a joke from Infinite Jest where David Foster Wallace is implying that like you know some point f far in the future like the very calendar itself will be sponsored by corporations. That's funny. Like, yeah, that makes sense. This year's brought to you by Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Slayer has another question. Do you think Watsi should do reprint sets like how Yu-Gi-Oh does theirs? How does Yu-Gi-Oh do theirs? What the fuck is Yu-Gi-Oh? All right, I have a question from Jan. Yeah, give it to me. Uh, best non-Italian noodle dish. Vegetable lo mein. Yo, that's a great one. 
Vegetable. Easy. That's a great Veg- one. I, that's, a, that's a staple of my life. Vegetable I mean. Drunken noodle. Ramen. Ramen. Just, well, ramen's ramen. good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I should have picked ramen. Ramen's good. Yeah. yeah. I do the soy sauce ramens, like the blue packs. You can get like six of them for like a couple bucks or something. I'm spoiled. Brandon like decided it was his mission oh, during no. pandemic to like make excellent ramen. It's so such a my difference. roommate just makes me incredible homemade ramen. Yeah, that it is really a big difference from microwavable ramen, but even the microwavable stuff I like. How long before Orkish Bowmaster gets the band hammer? That's a question from Kiss Merrick. Probably never. I hope never. I don't it doesn't seem that good. I don't know. I mean, it's a powerful card. I'm excited to play it. I don't want it to get banned though. I think it's close, uh, but I think if it does get banned, the rules committee has been pretty clear that they're gonna assess it for a bunch of months. So I would say, you know, probably at least six months before before it gets actually axed if it's going to get axed yeah i hope it doesn't get banned i don't know why it would be so overly busted in casual like they also they have announced that hole breacher is like the signpost for what they don't want to see play in commander which is that like preventative draw so i don't think they're going to ban another card that's just like it that's just not how the commander ban list works they don't ban based on power level they ban based on like this is a theory of a card that we don't really want to exist right but if they printed in garuk's wake for two mana they would probably be that step in sure and i and, don't yeah. and this is not that far from doing should, that okay i think this one is still like a reasonable card i think it's going to be similar in power level to some of the stronger things that we have in the format but not miles above them i think it's i think it's reasonable too it, cu- it costs five right <laughs> Two. Oh no it's not reasonable sorry <laughs> i was confused no i at what rate i think at three mana this would have been much more acceptable if it was like black black one i think this would not be a scary card i, th- I think we're in four four territory really? for me to feel like this is a, an okay no, card no, to print. It's not that. just Perfect. fucking kill it. really four mana for this <laughs> yes come on card draw is so good and everything that shuts off card draw just gets banned and everyone just complains about it all the time and then there's no punishment for when people just get to draw all these cards off ristic study if we're gonna allow especially on the casual side if we're gonna allow people to not pay for ristic study we need something to make it worth our while you can have the card but i'm just gonna do one fucking measly little damage (laughs) and we're all gonna bitch and moan and complain about it this is called the straw man argument when you say that i'm fighting you on the point of like punishing card draw i think we should absolutely punish card draw and then we don't do it enough i'm saying this is not a way in which i think we should punish card draw so like I, i don't take issue with the idea of of punishing card draw and having powerful effects. I just think that a completely one-sided board wipe for a huge amount of card draw is is not the way to go about it. That also makes a giant creature. I think that's don't too draw much. that many cards. Like if you're if you're in a casual pod that's drawing that many cards, reevaluate the casualness of your pod. Like if you're constantly wheeling and having like twenty damage a turn coming from this thing, like reevaluate where your pod's at because Wheel of Fortune. That's something that I'm not playing too much in casual. So. Yeah, I, the only issue that I have with this being too strong, truly, is that the fact that the person who draws the card isn't the one who's punished. So there's a lot of, like, king-making situations where, like, player two will knowingly cast a wheel if they say, hey, will you shoot all your damage at the Winota player's board to get rid of it, or something like that. That feels like it. there's going to be, like, kind of unfunished situations that come of it, unfunished, but... To me, it feels like a powerful card that is on a similar power level to things like Trinith Magistrate and Thassa's Oracle. Yeah. And I feel like you need some of the hate to be as good as the threats. You need the answers to be as good as the threats for a healthy format. Yes. And I think this is as good as the threats. All right, we'll do one more question here from Wounded Satellite. What moments and milestones in your magic content creation careers have brought you the most joy, personal satisfaction, or sense of accomplishment? Like top eighting at PTQ or something. 
<laughs> Wait, content creation careers. Oh, I thought it was magic creation. Well, careers. it is magic slash content creation. Yeah, careers. yeah. For ma- yeah, for magic, it would be like top eighting, like like doing it well in a tournament is like my highest yeah. or something like that. If we ever get to hundred thousand subscribers and I get that fucking plaque, that will be my the biggest plaque one. is I want the goal. Plaque. Like the next step is the plaque. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do is get to I the. I want plaque. that fucking plaque. I want it so bad. But I gotta stay hungry, so I'm gonna say nothing has satisfied me in content yet. I still want more. That's no, nice. yeah, <laughs> like there's stuff that feels good. Like hitting yeah, fifty thousand felt good, but I get a fucking plaque for it in fifty thousand. <laughs> I want that plaque. I want a plaque. I want to nail it on my wall. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like looking up and realizing that we have a Discord community of like four hundred people that fires a pot every night was a really, really sick moment. Dude, you like, totally downplayed the Discord. There's like nine hundred people that are on the Discord. I mean, I mean, active people who are in there routinely. Oh, like, that yeah, yeah, probably something yeah, like to- that. Total yeah. users are much higher, much higher than that. But yeah, we're making a joke. Well, thank you, everyone, who submitted questions. We really appreciate all of you. If you want to submit questions for the next Q&A, you can do that on our Discord, which you can find on our Patreon for a dollar. Also, big thank you to our $100 patrons. Cool Bean Man, Luke Cook, Young Mox, AJ Alwosebi, Demon of Rosgris, Kawaja A. Hamid, Lauren Connell, and Baby Jeebus. Huge shout-outs to our sponsor, Dragon Shield. Check out the affiliate link down below to help support the show. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Goodbye. We all do them at the same time. Yes. Three, two, one. Lutri's dad, Stashes, Mitchell Shepard, Justin, Man Solo, Nikola Marikovic, Steven Schlichty, a big TP15, that green guy, Pedro, Jacob Depp, Michael Blue, Jan Wildfang, Thomas Bueno, Swampy McGee, David Nelson, and Jormags. Nice. Cringe King. We all know and love EDH as a 100-card deck format, but if you were to make a new format with... This is another hypothetical. I would not. All right, we're going to... I would not make a new format. <laughs> I would play this one. Yeah. That should be it. Say again. Would you... Could you on a boat? Would you... Could you on a moat? Tyler? Uh, I would smooch you here or there. I would <clears throat> smooch you anywhere. How close can you bring the microphone? How? Oh, probably very close indeed. There's good. Is this too close? How close can you bring the microphone? Probably to here for it to be comfortable for individuals. 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 Which individuals are you speaking of? I'm which individually speaking about the individuals that will individually be selected for the individual selection process.